Well, it's great to be with you today. Uh, my name is Ken Casillas, and I pastor Cleveland Park Bible Church in Spartanburg, which is uh, just about uh, 25 miles up the road from Greenville. And uh, since about 2001, I've been teaching at the university and the seminary, and uh, for most of that time, uh, primarily dedicated to the preparation of pastors uh, in the seminary, teaching especially in the area of Old Testament. And I uh, appreciate the opportunity to share some thoughts with you here today. Uh, I was um, uh, speaking at one of these, I don't know, it was probably about a year ago, and uh, one of the thoughts that when I think of prayer and just looking for ongoing encouragement about that and practical help, um, one of the things that always comes to mind is the prayers uh, of the Apostle Paul as models for our own uh, relationship with the Lord and our own prayer lives. And so I remember the last time I, I spoke, it was actually out of Ephesians chapter 1 and was focusing on the importance of praying for the Spirit's illumination. And uh, I remembered that and I uh, thought, well, we'll just kind of continue here in Ephesians because there's another great prayer just a couple chapters later uh, at the end of Ephesians chapter 3. And I want to begin with what Paul says at the end of that prayer. And you'll recognize these words right away, Ephesians three twenty and 21. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And those words in verse 20... Uh, people often will quote them as they are maybe praising the Lord for some answer to prayer. And uh, I don't know, maybe they were praying for a two-bedroom house and God chose to bless them with a three-bedroom house. And they say, well, the Lord has done exceedingly abundantly above all that I've asked or thought. And uh, maybe there'd be other examples where they receive some blessing and they are thankful appropriately. They are wanting to uh, give praise to God, and they phrase it in terms of he's done exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask or think. And uh, it's great to use the Bible's words to express ourselves to the Lord and uh, even to apply them to other areas that maybe aren't uh, the focus of the passage that we're, that we're quoting from. But sometimes when we do that, we actually miss what the point of the passage is. And so all I want to do today is just to ask the question, when Paul says those words, that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, what, what is he talking about? And it's not really that hard to figure out because those words come at the end of a prayer that he is lifted up, lifting up to the Lord that starts uh, back in verse 14. So let me just read there, starting at verse 14. He says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, so here's his request, starts here, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, number one, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, number two, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, number three, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. Number five, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. And then finally, the goal of that, that she may be filled with all the fullness of God. And he goes right 
from that to saying, now unto him who's able to do exceeding abundantly. In other words, he is thinking about God actually answering those very lofty requests that he lifted up in those previous verses. Prayer for strength. When we feel weak as believers and maybe unable to make much more progress in the Christian life, that the Holy Spirit would strengthen our inner man, uh, that Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith, which is kind of interesting because uh, really Christ already dwells in our hearts through the Spirit. But the idea is that this actually works by uh, degrees or levels. There are deeper levels of experience of Christ and his ministry in our lives that Paul is praying that these people would enjoy. And a lot of that has to do with grasping the, the greatness of the love of Christ for them, which is so much of what he's talking about in chapters 1 to 3 that they would really get all that he has been laying out doctrinally about the redemption of Christ and the work that we've experienced because of the love of the Lord for us. And that's actually another kind of illumination, that the Spirit would open our eyes to just how huge this is. And he speaks of it with all these dimensions, the the breadth, the length, the depth, the height. Um, we don't want to maybe overread that, but maybe you've heard this, that uh, you could describe the love of Christ uh, to be as broad as the world is, to be as long as eternity, to be as deep as the deepest sin, and to be as high as heaven that uh, reaches up to that place and actually raises us uh, as believers to be in heavenly places in Christ. And that sounds wonderful. Those are beautiful words, but what does that mean? What is that actually describing? And do we feel that in the depths of our inner man and to where we find our confidence in it and have a sense of security in our hearts that is immovable no matter what may be taking place around us, no matter what we may be facing in terms of persecution or difficulty or suffering, to just be settled in the, in the greatness of the love of Christ for us. And Ultimately, that leads us to be filled with all the fullness of God. And this is the biggest prayer that we would enjoy in our lives everything that God is and has for us. We might think in terms of what theologians call the communicable attributes of God, that we would, that we would actually experience fully everything that human beings can experience of the character of God in their lives. And we understand that that's not going to happen fully until eternity, but Paul's, Paul's talking about life here and now, and he's praying that to whatever degree is possible here on this earth that we would be filled up with these things of the Lord. And I don't know about you, when I read that, it just seems uh, sometimes very far from my own feelings and my own experience as I look at my own progress or lack thereof, my knowledge of Christ, wanting more, it sounds awesome, it sounds so inviting, but, you know, where I, am I in that process and how much have I ask, actually grasped? And, and with that in mind, Paul says, you know, the Lord can do way more than you realize. And the key to experience that is just to continue seeking him for these things in your life. And as we think about our time together and so much of the emphasis being on revival and the spreading of God's work in the world and the 
advance of the gospel and the advance of God's own people and their sanctification, um, this is basically what we're praying for. And it's easy to get discouraged sometimes at the smallness of what it, it seems God is doing, but we are assured in verses 20 and 21 of the Lord's uh, power to carry this out through prayer in ways that we really could not imagine. And so I pray that that would be an encouragement to us as we uh, intercede for God's work today.